What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Don't ceased to be a virtue. Arriving in Providence, I was met by about four newspaper men, including Charlie Kirby and Mr. Tricky. They surrounded me at the entrance to the station and demanded an audience. I eluded them and was on my way home when they again caught sight of me and when near engine company number four matters almost came to a crisis mr tricky had his hand thrust into his pocket as if to draw a pistol and he wore on his face the most aggravated look of desperation that it has ever been my misfortune to behold i felt that he was in a state of mind which would lead him to do something rash i feared he might attempt to take my life i was not armed at the time but i determined to make a bold stand and so I told him that if he made a move, I would kill him on the spot. Before leaving Fall River, I had telephoned to my wife that I would arrive home at a certain hour, and she had already made preparations for receiving me. Hardly had I made this threat to Mr. Tricky than one of my men from the office rushed up and handed me a pistol. With this, I ordered Mr. Kirby to stand aside, and told Mr. Tricky that if he wanted to speak with me, to proceed to my house where i would hear what he had to say before moving from his tracks he said mchenry i ought to kill you instantly i learned afterwards that he had made the statement in boston that there would be a funeral in providence if he ever laid eyes on me in his published statement before referred to he says that he was instructed before leaving boston to treat me with the utmost consideration you can judge for yourself whether he did or not I believe that he had been instructed to shoot me on the spot, and he would have done so had he the courage. We removed toward the house, and he marched in front. We entered, and left Kirby on the outside. We had a more rational talk about the publication and authenticity of the story, and he finally withdrew. As he backed down the steps, I told him I would shoot him dead in his tracks if he ever entered my house again. The next time I saw Tricky was on Broadway, New York, after he had left Boston. I was sent to this city to shadow and watch his movements, and I had kept track of him all the time, up to the meeting of the grand jury. At the session of that body he was indicted on six counts. In the preparation and attempt at service of these warrants, there was some queer work, and I know that Tricky would have been arrested had he not received a tip and skipped to Canada. He was in Boston when the warrants were issued, and had been for three days. I had him located, and was at the Attorney General's office to get instructions as to how to proceed. He gave me a sealed letter of instructions to the clerk of the District Court in Taunton, and this I delivered in person. 
instead of making out the warrant according to his orders the clerk made them out to the sheriff constable etc of bristol county i did not know this at the time there was in the room at the time the warrants were made out state officer seaver and he demanded that the clerk deliver the warrants to him for service to this i most strenuously objected and then there was a clash as to who was entitled to possession of the papers i told mr seaver that i was sorry to quarrel with a man whom i had always looked upon as a friend but that i had been into this transaction from the start and i proposed to stay in it until the finish without more ado i laid my hands on the warrants and took them to deputy sheriff brown of attleborough who in turn delivered them into the hands of the boston police at police headquarters in boston it was soon learned that the warrants were defective inasmuch as they were made out in such a manner as not to be serviceable in any county except bristol county they had to be returned to the district court in taunton and rectified this necessitated a delay of about twenty-eight hours and gave somebody an opportunity to get tricky out of the state that is why he was not arrested mr seaver was especially desirous that i allow him to make the arrest of mr tricky but to this as i said before i successfully objected there were some very strange things done in connection with these warrants and if you doubt what i have said i refer you to the records of the boston police on the fifteenth of last october this briefly is my connection with the tricky mchenry affair in closing the interview i asked mr mchenry how many times mr tricky visited his office in providence during the carrying out of his work and to this he replied twelve my wife said mr mchenry did a great deal of work in this case and was of much service to the fall river police she was i believe the only woman who could and did succeed in getting the confidence of bridget sullivan she was also of much assistance as a shadow and was the famous veiled lady who was so mystifying to the newspaper men she shadowed tricky to boston time and again and on each occasion found that he went to the pinkerton detective agency mr tricky always after leaving my office went to this place before he went to the office of the globe such is the statement of mchenry and it is but fair to say that the fall river police admit that captain harrington was sent to providence several times to overhear the conversation between tricky and mchenry and that captain desmond went one or more times the police also admit that mr tricky was indicted for tampering with a government witness there is however another side to this case and that is the explanation made by mr tricky of his conduct it is conceded that he was one of the ablest and at the same time most brilliant man in his profession in the state and there is no attempt made here to reflect discredit upon his methods or to question his honesty of purpose thus it is justice to him in giving his version of the affair before his departure from boston and after the globe had published its big story he made a written statement of connection with it telling plainly of every move he made and all the talk he had had with mchenry before and after the purchase of the story this written statement was delivered into the hands of superintendent john cornish of the pinkerton detective agency and served as a basis for the extended investigation which the pinkertons carried on for months in fall river providence new york and boston with the intention of sifting the entire matter to its foundation mr tricky alleged and his friends believe him that mchenry was responsible for the injustice done the boston globe and that the detective 
actuated by motives of personal gain and revenge not only sacrificed mr trickey and the globe but deliberately misled the fall river police and secured their sanction and cooperation in the deal he starts out by saying that he was in providence the early part of september on the lookout for the lawyer story and that he saw mchenry on the street that the detective called him across and the two men entered into conversation during which mchenry said that he had a good story to sell well max said trickey the globe will pay as much for it as any other paper yes said the detective but it's worth a great deal more to somebody else who asked trickey the defence replied mchenry then trickey was given to understand that he could have the entire evidence in the borden case for twelve hundred dollars he says that mchenry gave him to understand that the matter would be sold only for the use of the defence and not for publication trickey didn't care anything about the defence all he wanted was a story for his paper and with a view of getting it he humoured mchenry by agreeing to call upon colonel adams and ask him if he wanted to hire a good detective one who could get at all the state's evidence against miss borden trickey did call upon colonel adams and had a conversation about this matter with the result according to trickey's statement that the lawyer didn't have any use for a detective and didn't care anything about investing his client's money in the purchase of the commonwealth's case in other words colonel adams refused to have anything to do with the proposed deal but the reporter knowing that his chances of securing the stuff for publication would be materially lessened if he made known the result of his visit concluded to act the part of an agent for the defence and represent to mchenry that colonel adams did in reality desire to buy the story with this conclusion in mind he again visited the detective and reported but wrongfully as he says that the colonel would buy if the price was lowered mchenry then agreed to sell for one thousand dollars and divide the money with trickey this was the reporter's opportunity he knew that the globe would give five hundred dollars and that sum he intended to pay over to the detective representing that it came from colonel adams and that he had kept the other five hundred dollars as his share according to agreement it might be said here that if any such deal as this was made the supporters of mr trickey have failed to find a witness who overheard the bargain while on the other hand the police deny that such a conversation ever took place and claim that captain harrington and others were in a position to hear all that was said upon the subject by mr trickey and the detective but this chapter is not an argument either for or against mr trickey his declaration goes on to say that after the fifteenth of september or thereabout he made numberless visits to the detective and in this particular he agrees with the police version of the affair he admits receiving the skeleton story first and later the names of the alleged witnesses and that he did play the part of an agent for the defence prompted purely by a desire to get the story for publication the fact that he hastened to print the story without further attempt to verify it is due to two causes first he feared that mchenry would sell it to the boston herald second that he had given a fall river police officer one whose name does not appear in this chapter the sum of one hundred dollars for a list of the witnesses in the case and they agreed with the names furnished by mchenry in the latter part of the transaction the fact that it did agree convinced him that the story was all right and he did not want to take the chances of mchenry selling out to the herald 
so the agreement about the twenty-four hours' notice was violated. The writer has been assured by the police that if Mr. Trickey had given the twenty-four hours' notice before publication, the Boston Globe would have been spared the trouble of printing the fake. In justice to the Boston Globe, it must be said that its editors made the most humble and abject apology for the wrong done Miss Borden by the publication of the thirteen columns of lies, which Detective McHenry had sold to Mr. Trickey. The apology was made as prominent as the story had been, and the Globe's position, although not an enviable one, appeared to be as graceful as the circumstances would admit. It has been stated by persons who are in a position to know whereof they speak, that not only Mr. Trickey, but others, were indicted for their apparent connection with this affair. End of chapter 21、hey、guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.